Hello and welcome once again to Life Lessons with an Inebriated Psychic. I will be your guide to all things metaphysical. Now don't forget I do have a website. It's www.lipsy.com. On there I have some blogs, I have access to my jewellery and um, just little bits of information about me and who I am and where I'm from. Today I decided to talk you through what a session with me would be like because a lot of people have never experienced a psychic reading or an energy healing and they often don't know what to expect. It can be quite intimidating when you don't know what to expect. So today I thought I would kind of clue you in as to what you can expect. Now, first a disclaimer. Every practitioner of spiritual arts is going to have their own set routine as to how they create the space a safe space. They're going to have their own routine as to how they read um, because there are so many different ways of doing a psychic reading. There are a lot of different tools that could be utilized during a session. Sometimes a psychic reading leads to energy work and, and that can be a part of the session or advised as a secondary part of the session for another time. But usually with me, if there's a healing that needs to be done, if there's a clearing needs to happen, then it will happen during your session. I'm not big on, oh, well, I found, you know, let's, for example, say curses. Oh, you've been cursed. I'm not big on calling anything a curse. I think that leads to very old fashioned ideas of control. And I'm, I'm just not... I'm just not that kind of psychic. It's not that I don't understand this value in those things. It's not that I don't understand that there are people who practice differently than me. It's just that for my personal path, those are not my reality. It's not what I'm going to be centered on. If I find something attached to you, I'm going to look at it as, a, as an energy form. You know, some people call them your demons, like, you know, you're an alcoholic, that's your demon. But for me, it's all energy. And so I try not to use terms like curses and demons in the broader sense, because people do get concerned that there's a actual being that's like a demon that's attached to you. And for me, it's just a negative energy that's been left there by some kind of interaction that just needs to be cleared out. And by doing that, I reduce its power, is how I see it. Like when you, when you don't give it power, when you don't say, oh my God, it's a demon, it's so scary, then you're, then you're no longer giving it the power that somebody wants you to be giving it. So that's just me. When you come to see me, I am going to have already meditated so that I'm in the right headspace in order to, to connect. I'm going to have cleansed the room. Now for me, cleansing a room means getting out my particular crystals. And on that day, I will be wearing jewelry or I will have put crystals out. 
that resonate with me on that day. And it really is just a matter of I feel which ones. I just know instinctively it's it's part of my practice. I just know now. I will always have sage there. Usually, if, if you're open to it, I'd like to sage you before we start so we can clear off any negative energies and make sure we're not introducing that into the reading. And then we'll sit down to begin. Uh, I recently got a drum, which, oh, the sound from it is fabulous. And vibrationally, it just clears my energy field. I will be utilizing that as a part of my a part of my uh, readings from now on because it does vibrationally change the energy in the room and lift it. And any way you can lift the vibration when you're doing a psychic reading is a good thing. I utilize my goddess deck, but we'll get to those later. To start, though, we're going to have cleansed you with some sage so that you're nice and clear and open to receiving. I'm going to have meditated. I'm gonna have cleared myself and then we're gonna sit down. Now, I prefer when I'm doing a psychic reading, when I'm doing a mediumship reading, I prefer for my clients to stay silent. I prefer to read a complete stranger over reading somebody I know. And the reason for that is a complete stranger that I don't know anything about is easier for me to read because I don't have any preconceived notions or human judgments as to what it is they need to hear. So I won't have made up my mind in advance. I won't have decided, oh, I think she should be doing this, that or the other. And so I prefer a blank slate as much as possible when I'm doing energy readings. I'll sit there. I'll probably go quiet for a few minutes. I will be focusing on my third eye and opening it up so that I'm ready to receive messages. I will just ask you to stay quiet until I ask you a question. Now, for me, I don't ask a lot of questions because I just prefer to get as much as I possibly can out. And I don't want to read off of you. I don't want to like have you saying yes or no and then being able to direct traffic which is what you know like a mentalist does they can tell by your expression they can read it that way and that's how they figure things out for me it has to come from source it has to come from from the energies you're carrying and I prefer to do that without any interaction so I'll ask you to sit quietly until I've gotten everything out that I'm just receiving and then you can ask questions once I'm done. Okay, so I'll sit there and I'll bring in the energies. And quite often the way it works is I will start to see, visually see from my third eye, um, a materialized person. And then sometimes they will talk and sometimes they don't. Sometimes I just know things. So I've had times where I've sat there and I've just felt pain in my chest and I'll be like, there's a gentleman here. He's higher than you. So I would go with a father or a grandfather figure who's had a heart issue. Passed on. Hopefully I can get some initials, if not the full, word, the full name. 
hopefully they're giving me, you know, and it really does depend on how open you are as to how open they are with the way that they communicate. I once had a reading where the person on the other side really frowned on psychics and mediums and was very religious and thought that it, what I do is a load of hookum. And it was the funniest reading because she appeared, but she wouldn't talk and she wouldn't say anything. And I just kept getting the feeling of she's not saying anything because this was not her belief system and she would have frowned on the fact that you came to see me and I said this to the person I was reading and the person I was reading immediately said oh yeah that's her and I was like okay so now it makes sense but now she's on the other side so just give me a minute and then I sort of communicated with her that well you know you showed up today you know now that there's some value in it and you've made the point that this would have been something you wouldn't have been okay with in life but you know you showed up which means that you want to get something across and then I could actually reach in and get a little bit more from her but she was very standoffish on the other side because it was still something that for her in her lifetime her soul was not okay with and so even though she wanted to let them know she was okay she really didn't want to go in any details but it was enough for the person to recognize her and feel her and know that basically there was this was not something that was just hokum so the next thing I'll do is once I've got all the details I can out of the people stood behind you I quite often will get information about your angels and your spirit guide. The, my spirit guide is kind of like my gateway. He opens the door to allow people in. He'll only allow people in who have your highest good in mind because that's my condition of doing readings. My condition is I only want to give people the information that they can utilize for their highest good. If it's something that they're coming along that's going to make you feel bad, that's going to tear you down, that's going to hurt you in any way, I don't want to deliver that message. I don't want to say, oh, so-and-so's dying in three weeks from whatever, when there's nothing that it's going to affect. Now, I do not mind if they come through and say, oh, so-and-so will pass away on this day at this time when the reason they're giving me that message is so that I can encourage a parent or a child to go and see that person before it happens. Now, these only happen when it's like a long-term illness. I don't have any of these situations that have happened when it's an instant and somebody's just passed away. So no, no car accidents, I don't get a heads up on that. I do get heads up on I had a friend whose son was ill and he'd been ill a long time. He had a severe illness and he was going to be in hospital in a different town. And I could feel he was gonna leave on the Friday and the father was working. And it would have taken, like he, he would need to take the day off to go and visit. And I went and I said, you need to take the day off. You need to go because you'll have the best day. You'll have the best day if you go because he's getting ready to leave. And that, that was the reality of it. 
and they had such an amazing day that they really it's one of those things they have a term for it I don't remember what it is but he rallied he had such a good day and they thought oh well maybe he's going to be okay and the next day he unfortunately wasn't and he passed away but because of my gift because I was able to go and say hey this is what you need to do he got to spend an invaluable day with with his child and that's what my gift can do but only when it's for someone's highest good if it had been a case of he was passing away on Friday and there was no way the dad could be there, then I don't want to give him the heads up, hey, he's going to pass away on Friday and you're stuck here. That's not my place. I don't want him to know that he could have made a different decision. And if he had, then he'd forever wonder, well, what if I'd have taken that day off? So that's my gift. That's how it works. I only try and give messages for highest good because I'm not here to bring anybody down. That's not what I want to do. I want to empower people to take their own power and do the best they can with their life. No limitations, just do whatever it is. And if sometimes the best you can do is lie in bed all day, then that's great too. But I want you to have that power to make those decisions that are right for you. When I do a reading, like I said, I can get angels that come in. I can get things like, I'll see certain things, like quite often I'll see like a tilted photograph and it's like someone corrects it and it tilts again. That's usually someone visiting. I'll see dragonflies or butterflies and I'll say, oh, if you notice this, that's a message from them and little different things. It's always different. I always love when somebody's singing pennies from heaven in my ear because I, for me that's one of the things my granddad does he sends me pennies and the reason for pennies for heaven from my grandfather is real simple because when we were kids that's what they would do is they would give you a few pennies when your grandparents visited it was just one of the very cute things that grandparents in England used to do when you visited it was so that's his thing, is he drops pennies for me. There's a lot of other things that can come through in readings. Um, your angels can come through and sometimes they'll explain something that's happened in your life so that you have clarity on why it happened. But once I've given you a reading and I'm done, like I'm not bringing anybody else in. There's no more connections from the ethers. Your spirit guide doesn't have any messages for you. Your angels are done with messages. Your dead relatives are done with messages. At that point, I'll say, okay, so if something hasn't made sense as I've said it, I'll say, you've got to explain it to me. And I'll wait for them to explain it because I'm always curious. And then I'll sit there and I'll say, and what questions do you have? And usually the questions you're going to get are based on the reading. It's going to be something, well, you know, they said this, but I feel that and why this? And then I can help patch it together so that it makes sense to them as to why they've said what they've said or what they meant by something. The thing is that a lot of times in a reading they'll show me things that I'll be like rolling 
Like, I, I just don't understand it. Say it anyways, never change the message. Sometimes they'll say things and the person you're reading has got it so fixed in their head what they're expecting to hear that they can't hear anything else. So they've got it fixed in their head that this is what it is. And yet it's something completely different. So you have to, when you sit with somebody like me, your mind has to be as open as it possibly can be. And sometimes you'll hear things from ancestors and you won't even know that it's your personal truth until you go home and you talk to some other member of the family and they'll be like, oh yeah, that was auntie, what's her name? And she did this and she did that. And now it all makes sense. So I will never change the message during a reading, even if you don't seem to recognize what I'm saying. I will simply say, take it with you and, you know, give it a couple of months and it should come clear as to where, where and why that message came through. It, it has never yet happened to me where somebody didn't get a message that made sense, fortunately. Now I have been to see other psychics where not one word of what they've said has made any sense at all. And it felt like they were just making stuff up as they went along. But I've also been to psychics who are new to doing energy work and don't know how to stop the last person's set of people from interfering with your reading. So if they haven't cleared the space, you can end up with a reading that was meant for the last person, which is why I said I start every read in a certain way. I end it a certain way. So it won't happen that way. So it will not be somebody else's information that's hitting you and that just takes practice it takes understanding and it takes having the right teachers put in your path so that you can learn how to do it when you sit for a reading again I'm just going to ask you always be as wide open as you possibly can to receiving try not to judge the information that you wanted to know a and what you got to know was B, because what you get with a psychic reading, with, an, with a real energetic psychic reading, is what you need, not, not what you want. You're never gonna get what you want. Spirit doesn't work in once in the same way as we do here on Earth. Spirit knows what's for your highest good and that's what you're gonna receive, because that's gonna be the intention we set. Otherwise, there's no point. You know, I don't want to be that psychic who sits there and says, oh, your grandma's here. She says hi. And then we move on. I want something very specific for you. I've had one of my first readings where I was testing my abilities because I was like, this is weird and I don't know whether it's real. I got a total stranger. My sister knew this woman and she came over and I was reading her and it was it was very visual for me, for it, my third eye. It was like watching a movie and the lady looked like that old lady in um, Everybody Loves Raymond and she was wearing a flowery bathrobe 
that was pink with like purple flowers and green leaves. And it was very, very specific. And so I was like, this is what I'm seeing. And I will close my eyes during a reading so I'm not reading your reaction. Because again, I prefer you stay quiet till I've told you everything I'm getting. And I had my eyes closed and this little old lady was in the backyard and she was picking green beans, which I know nothing about that. Green beans for me, honestly, I grew up in England. They came out of a tin. And so she was picking the green beans and I'm like, okay, so this is what I'm seeing. She's picking green beans. She's bringing them in. She's cleaning them off or sitting them in water. I said, but when she puts them in the pot, there's like pieces of bacon and ham in the pot. And I was like, and then she, like, you're supposed to cook them for a while and then you can put them in jars and blah, blah, blah. And this was what I was getting. And it made me very confused because I'd never seen anybody do this. My mother got green beans out of the tin, stuck them in, stuck them in a pan and warmed them up. There was never anything extra added. They were just green beans. And I said, and I, I'm telling her this, and I said, and she's telling me that you don't cook this way anymore, and she's very disappointed in you, that you should have your own garden, that she taught you how to do all this stuff, and that's what was coming through. And this lady couldn't keep quiet any longer, and she just says, that's my mom. She says she'd be furious at me because I do. I just go and get a tin of beans now and stick them on the stove. And I don't put any bacon and I don't put any of this because that's how she always cooked. And I just don't have time. I have a full-time job. Like, I'm not a stay-at-home mom like she was. And it wasn't the judgment. It was the, this is how she will recognize that it's me, that it's actually me. This is a connection that will actually solidify the relationship between her and me. This is how I taught her to cook. And so when that came out, I said, well, she's just really trying to make sure you understand that it's definitely her. And she just wanted you to know that she's here and she does see how busy you are. And there was a lot more came out but it solidified it was her mom because how random is that? And how would I know who's gonna actually have a garden where they, you know, grow their own green beans of all things? I would, I mean, I'm British. I would never imagine that as being a reality. And so when I did those readings, it gives you the connection that you're looking for. Not what you want what you need towards the end of a reading or a session with me I have a couple of oracle decks I'm learning tarot I'm a bit slow at it because it takes memorization and that bores me but I do have a couple of decks of oracle cards that I love I recently got one that is uh, a moon oracle which is the different phases of the moons and those different meanings and I'm still learning those I really love them like I connect with them but my favorite for readings is always going to be my goddess deck I am so connected to this deck of cards it's the most random thing in the world I have owned them probably about 15 years now 
It is my favorite go-to deck. It is the deck I'm going to grab and pull my cards every morning and just, you know, with an oracle card on a daily, you just pull one card, you read it, and that's what you're facing that day. So with an oracle deck, at the end of my reading, I will choose, I will have my client choose three cards. They get to put them down in the order they're feeling. I'll turn them over and I've pretty much got it to a point now where whatever I've told them during the reading is totally supported by the cards at the end. So say the message has been you need to take a vacation, you need to get some health care, you need to look at your kids and how controlling you are with them. Whatever the message has been in your reading, you will now have three cards in front of you that basically tell you that. And the reason I do the oracle cards at the end now is because it gives somebody something substantial that they can look at and it confirms everything because quite often people need to be able to see it it's okay you sit there you can tell them everything that you're getting but those cards are the things that they take as concrete those cards are the things they can take a picture of take it with them and be consistently reminded this is your message this is what you need to work on and that's how I like to finish my sessions. At the end, I'll close. Once they've left, I'll sage. I'll clear the space, clear the energy. And I will give thanks to the other side for all of their cooperation. Because ultimately, I can't do anything I do without their help and without their guidance. And I am very grateful every day that they chose me to become the telephone because that's what I am I'm literally the telephone like you utilize my skills in order to receive your message and that's how it works for me and that's how I would do a whole reading for somebody so anyways this has been a fun session of life lessons I hope you've really enjoyed it and I can't wait for next week. Maybe we'll uh, download a couple of meditations in the meantime. Sending you all many, many blessings. And again, don't forget, I do have a website. It's Life Lessons with an Inebriated Psychic, but it's shortened to www.llipsy.com. I hope you all have a fantastic day. And I am sending you so much love. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.